There are less than two weeks left before the expiration of the public service loan forgiveness waiver. And in this episode, we're going to make sure you have those last second tips you need to make sure you don't miss out on this once in a lifetime opportunity. Let's get started. From Escape Student Loan Debt, it's the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast, a show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving homeownership. Tax filings, family planning, insurance needs, purchasing your home, business funding, they're all impacted by your student loans. Learn from a best-in-class 14-year financial pro who has helped professionals get eight figures of student loan debt forgiven, reduced, reorganized, or expedited. I'm Brenton Harrison, and this is the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. Hello, my name is Brenton Harrison, founder of Escape Student Loan Debt and your host for the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. A few weeks ago, we did an episode on not only public service loan forgiveness, but the public service loan forgiveness waiver. And in that episode, I said without exaggeration that I feel like this once in a lifetime opportunity could be life altering for thousands of people in this country desperate to escape from federal student loan debt. Now, in this episode, we're going to give you some of those last second tips to make sure you don't miss out on this opportunity. But before we do, let's define what it is in the first place. So as a recap, the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Program is a federal student loan forgiveness program for eligible borrowers who are working for nonprofits or government entities. Instead of having to pay for 20 or 25 or even 30 years, like as is the case with some repayment plans, you can instead pay towards your federal student loans for 10 years. And after that 10th year of service, you can have the entirety of your student loan debt wiped away in full with no tax implications at all. You can simply walk away free and clear regardless of the amount that you've had forgiven. In normal times, there are actually three requirements that you have to have in place for a single payment to count towards your 10 years requirement. The first requirement is you have to be full-time and you have to be an employee. You cannot be an independent contractor. The second requirement is that you have to be paying towards direct loans. So for borrowers who had types of loans like Perkins loans or Stafford loans, as we covered in those episodes, they would not be able to have those loans forgiven directly, but they did in past years have the option of consolidating those loans into a new direct consolidation loan, and that new loan would then be eligible for forgiveness. The problem, however, with that process was that in past years, any payment credits you had towards those old ineligible loans was completely wiped away in the consolidation process. Now, the last requirement is that you be paying towards these debts using what's called an income-driven repayment plan. If you did not have all three of these requirements in place when you made a payment, the payment simply did not count. The Public Service Loan Forgiveness Waiver turned this program on its head by saying that until October 31st, 2022, they will allow you to count any payment you've made towards any type of loan with any type of repayment plan towards your 10-year requirement. Since we've released that episode, I've probably had a person a day reach out to me trying to make sure that everything that they have done will be considered and counted before this deadline expires. And now that we're a couple of weeks out, you can probably add another person a day to that total. So we're about to break down some of the things that you're seeing right now. 
First, let's address how to make sure that your eligible employer is counted in the studentaid.gov system. If you Google Public Service Loan Forgiveness Employment Certification Form, and we will put a link to this in the show notes, a PDF will pop up and that PDF will give you instructions on how to fill out the information for any previous employers or current employers you've worked for who you believe are eligible for public service loan forgiveness. And it will also require that you have an eligible administrator sign off on that form verifying your employment. Now, you you can fill it out via paper. You obviously have to get it signed with a wet signature. And the two options that you have for submitting are very old school. If you don't have Mohila, you have to actually mail in the form or you have to fax the form in, as crazy as that sounds. What many people don't know, however, is that there is a tool online called the Public Service Loan Forgiveness Help Tool. And with that tool, it will walk you through the same process that you would do via the paper form in terms of asking information about your employer. And once you have verified that FEIN number, you can add that employer to your account through the help tool. Once you have done so for all of your eligible employers, it will pre-fill that same PSLF document that you have to have signed. You can simply print that form and take it to get signed by the eligible administrator. Now, if you're worried about doing this process before October 31st and you are planning to do the paper form from scratch, you should be concerned because there is a very real possibility that you could mistype or miswrite something that you wouldn't have that form faxed or mailed in on time, and for whatever reason, it wouldn't be accepted before that October 31st deadline. But one of the forms of guidance that the Department of Education has given is that if you use the PSLF help tool through the Department of Education website, you can add your employers, and as long as you've done so before October 31st, you can submit the signed form after October 31st and still receive credit but you have to make sure that those employers are added to your account before that Halloween deadline. So if you are going through this form process and haven't used the PSLF help tool, which we will link to in the show notes, I highly encourage you to go and first as step one, add your employers through the PSLF help tool to your online account. Next, let's address those who are pursuing public service loan forgiveness, but have an incorrect loan type. In this case, in order to have your credits counted before the deadline, you have to consolidate those loans into a direct loan before October 31st. If you are married, your spouse has to co-sign that application. When you hit submit on that loan consolidation, you will see that it has been submitted, but you'll also see a co-sign code that's generated. This code will also be emailed to you. And if you have a spouse, that spouse will have to register, if they have not already, for an account on studentaid.gov, and they will have to enter that cosign code to actually finish the application process. You have seven days to do this, and if your spouse does not cosign that application within the seven days, the application is invalid. It is crucially important that if you're doing this before the 31st, that you understand you can do it on the 31st. But if you do so, you need to make sure that before that seven days expires, that your spouse uses that cosign code to finish the process. If you take care of these one or two steps, depending on your situation, you will be okay for the public service loan forgiveness waiver. And after the break, I'll not only give you a more concrete timeline for when you can see these efforts pay off, I'll also tell you the few people out there who shouldn't consolidate before October 31st. 
This is the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. A show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving home ownership. We'll be right back. Are you interested in learning the tools and techniques we use to get student loans forgiven, reduced, reorganized, or expedited? Well, great news. We're currently updating our flagship course, Escape Student Loan Debt, to reflect the current changes in the student loan landscape. To stay up to date on the launch of the course and opportunities to sit in on our live recording sessions, head to EscapeStudentLoanDebt.com and join our email list now. You're listening to the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. Subscribe now at EscapeStudentLoanDebt.com. Welcome back. Before the break, we talked about the second step of this public service loan forgiveness waiver process, that step being consolidating your loans if you had ineligible loan types. But there are also people out there who are consolidating for a great reason. That reason being that another form of aid given in this waiver is that if you consolidate loans and some of those loans are older than others, you will get the number of credits that are applicable for the oldest loan in that consolidation process for the entirety of your loans. An example would be if I have one loan that I took out three years ago, but I consolidate it with the loan I took out 11 years ago, my newly consolidated loan would have 11 years worth of credit. That's a very enticing reason to consolidate, but there are some scenarios where you should avoid doing so. The payment freeze started in March 2020, which is a really unique time because it comes before the typical April tax filing deadline. And as a result, there were a number of student loan borrowers out there who had their payments frozen at a time where that amount was based off of their 2018 tax return. That was four years ago. And when payments resume in January of 2023, they will start again at the amount you were paying before the payment freeze. So you may be one of the people listening to this who, when payments restart, you'll be paying an amount based on income you earned four years ago. And hopefully four years ago, you were making substantially less than you are now. Another benefit to this payment freeze is that student loan servicers will not ask you to recalculate your income again until after July 1st of 2023. You see, a part of these income-driven repayment plans is not only that they ask you to update your income each year, but that they do so at the same time each year. You have a payment plan anniversary, and on that date, your loan servicer asks you to give new information so they can calculate your payment for the ensuing 12 months. Now, if you don't have to update your pay before July of 2023, What about people whose payment anniversaries come before July in a given year? These people will not have to update their loan information and loan payments until that same month in 2024. So if I have a payment that is based off of what I made in 2018 and my loan payment anniversary is in February or March or April or any date before July 1st, That means that I will continue to pay based off of my income from four years ago until my anniversary comes around in 2024. I can get six years worth of juice out of this squeeze. Now, let's assume that I have the right types of student loans. I have direct loans already. I don't have to consolidate in order to make my loan the right type of loan. 
And I am making significantly more money now than I was in 2018. I would be punished by consolidating my student loans before the 31st because a part of that process is verifying my income during the application. So I would possibly have my payment change and increased a year or more before it had to be. If you're wondering how to find out on which date your anniversary falls for your student loan plan, you can access this information by logging into studentaid.gov. And when you do so, it will pull up a dashboard that gives an overview of the entirety of your student loan debt. In the top right corner, you'll see a section that says download my aid data. You can scroll through that document and you will see your current loan. And under that section, it will show you your payment plan description, which will show you the payment plan that you had prior to the payment freeze. It will tell you when the last payment is that you made. It will tell you the amounts of that last payment. It will tell you the upcoming payment you have to make in terms of that date. In this document that we're looking at on screen, you can actually see that payment freeze reflected because it says that the next payment date isn't due until January 30th of 2023. But you will also see a section that says loan repayment plan, IDR plan anniversary date. This date is the date that your loan servicer typically will reach out to you to verify your income. In this sample file that we are viewing together, you can see that this person already has a direct consolidated loan and this loan's IDR plan anniversary date is May 27th of 2023. It comes before July 1st. So that means that this person is having a payment that's based off of their 2018 income and because their payment plan anniversary comes before July 1st of next year, they won't have to update their payment until their anniversary comes around in 2024. Because they have all of these things in place, it would penalize them for consolidating their loans now because if they do, they will have to submit their income verification and now their payment will be based on what is likely their 2021 tax return, which may reflect a significantly higher income amount. So you've done all of these things, you've submitted the forms, you've submitted your employers, you've consolidated your loans if necessary, and now you're wondering when they're going to update your public service loan forgiveness credit. Well, let me tell you, you're going to have to be patient for various reasons. The first is when they're applying credit, they're going to go through not the public service loan forgiveness waiver rules, but first the traditional public service loan forgiveness rules and you might be denied in that process, then they will go through the rules of what's called the temporary expanded public service loan forgiveness rules, and you may be denied some payments in that process, and then they will apply the rules for the public service loan forgiveness waiver. So this process might take months before you see those payment credits applied. And we are also seeing some people who had credits in the past or had loans with other servicers who in the consolidation process are logging in and seeing that their student loan balance with their old servicer is now zero, but they do not yet have an account with Mohila. Your credit has not been wiped away and your loan has not been lost, although you might hope that it had been. It's simply part of the process of Mohila reaching out to your old loan servicer, paying off your balance there and transferring that debt. So be patient in waiting for your credit but do not be patient in making sure that you get all of this information taken care of before the deadline. And we'll keep giving you information in advance of that date to make sure that anyone who has credits that can be counted will be counted and they'll be that much closer 
to having their student loans forgiven, reduced, reorganized, or expedited. From Escape Student Loan Debt, this was the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast, a show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving homeownership.